I put out my first net profitable month was launched in June. The first net profitable month was in November. And then from that point forward, we really started to grow. And every year since launch, we've had an increase in revenue. We've not had one year where we did not have growth. And then the last three years, we've had tremendous growth. So we've essentially doubled revenue over the last three years. Last year, we had a banner year and, you know, thinking, yeah, you know, it's going to be tough to have another year like that. And, and you know, we're already about 10% ahead of pace from last year. And again, it's all those skill sets. It's sales, marketing, recruiting, operations, building those systems and putting those systems into action. And then, you know, one thing I maybe haven't mentioned, but surrounding myself with really good people because you can't do it all yourself. Welcome. To the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. I've got an opportunity to present a re-release of a podcast that we did in 2019. I was out in Halifax early in June running an event, and one of our alumni speakers, Marcus Vanderbrink, came and joined us. I spent actually a couple of evenings at his house with he and his family. We had an awesome time, and he presented to our, our Halifax and East Coast operators as he has a house out there that he spends his summers, you know, with his family. And uh, since uh, 2019, when we first released uh, this podcast, his business has grown over 58%. He made the Inc. 5000, which is the fastest growing companies in North America. And he was a finalist for the Inc. Top Employers. This year, 2023, He is up 23% year over year over his best year in 2022. And he's got incredible Glassdoor reviews, 4.4. So you're going to love this podcast. Again, Marcus is doing just incredible things. And again, we thank you, Marcus, for all the support of the program over the years. And you know why we do these, you know why we put these podcasts out is to attract amazing young leaders. We are starting our really in the midst of our recruiting for the 2024 season. This 2023 season is our best one ever. Uh, We're growing in a uh, down market, in a squeezed market in the uh, home improvement section, and we are growing and making incredible progress. So if you know any amazing young leaders, please send them our way. You can share this podcast. You can email me directly at cthompson at studentworks.com, or you can go to studentworks.com and have them fill out an application. Thanks so much, and have a super fantastic day. Thank you so much, Marcus, uh, for for coming onto our podcast and and uh, you know just just sharing your um, your experience and 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 uh, the amazing things that you've done with our young leaders. So uh, so so thank you. My pleasure. Good to be here. Yeah. So so tell me about what you were like before our program. Well, I think um, you know very much uh, from early on. I, I think I, I had a lot of the tendencies that. Um, that I have today, um, I was uh, a, a you know pretty uh, active kid. I was um, you know like to be engaged in in lots of different types of things all the time. Uh, which you know t- today I, I consider myself you know someone who's who's you know I, I joke around about having the uh, the adult uh, ADD at times yeah. and you know like to be involved in a lot of different activities, doing lots of things, but. Um, I think that uh, as when I was young, actually, people used to even uh, kind of joke around about being sort of a, a very entrepreneurial type kid. And, you know, it's just a one very brief anecdote of when I was uh, in elementary school and we discovered, uh, you know, up the road, there was a, you know, this, this factory that was manufacturing plastic and they discarded the scraps of plastic. And the kids would, we would go and rummage and grab these pieces of plastic. And so I had the wherewithal to 
start selling these scraps of plastic uh, in elementary school. And so that was kind of the the running joke as I got older is why you were, you know, you always sort of had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's um, sort of reflects to a degree, you know, what carried how I was as a as a youngster. I was, you know, a, a pretty uh, happy kid and uh, happy teenager. And uh, just I, I would say to transition a little bit into high school, I, I was in a place where wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So, you know, there was, I really, I was, took a lot of different types of courses. I had no, you know, just didn't have a real clear direction of what I wanted to do. And even going into uh, to university, um, I, I just wasn't, you know, I've thought, well, maybe I'll go to law, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll do this. I just really didn't know. So I took very general focus and general programs. And it, and it really just, uh, until I came across the program, I really just was not able to really figure out what direction I wanted to go in. And I was just kind of, you know, running, running through the wheel and taking my courses and, and just, you know, just going through the motion, so to speak. Right. Yeah, no, I, and, and, and I know, I know we had a, uh, an amazing experience working with you, uh, you know, at, at, at student works, but uh, what do you uh, still rely on from the program? Oh man, <laughs> uh, everything. Um, boy, that that's you know. I I think I'd start with. And I I mean I'd say that uh, you know really everything. Um, you know the the connections are probably where I would start to answer that question and say those connections. I I you know I've, I have this conversation with my wife a lot, and literally everything that I've done throughout my career, all the successes I've had in some way have a direct lineage back to my time at student works there's a li- li- it's just a, this linkage between everything and so the first thing i'd say is is those connections that you make the people you meet are just integral and they'll you you know the value in that is you ha- you just won't realize until you're later in your career and you realize the impact of that you know, more specifically um, all of the skill sets that I utilize in, in my business today and, and really in every success I've had throughout my career have been skill sets that I got that first foundation at Student Works. Um, things like the, you know, the, the ability to manage a group of people, um, you know, learning about relationships early on and how important relationships are you know, in, in your interactions with, with not only coworkers and staff. Um, you know, learning about recruiting. I think the recruiting skills that you learn are maybe, I don't want to say underrated, but that the value in that recruiting has been, in my experience, one of the biggest impacts that the program has had because it's a really, you know, it's a, um, a challenging type recruit, if you will. And, and just those skill sets are um, so, so useful in virtually anything you're going to do. Um, of course, the sales skills. You know, when when I first started, my sales conversion rates were, uh, I'd say, well below average. Um, I was not a strong salesperson. I was always very confident, but it just I had, didn't have those fine-tuned sales skills. By the end of my first year, my conversion rates were very strong. And then, you know, after five years in that program, um, you know, my sales skills were just uh, I consider very, very good. And that, of course, has carried throughout my career. And I've always loved to be involved in some way, in some form of that selling. Um, and then just the, uh, you know, just being able to understand systems, operations, you're doing so much as a, as a manager, I find, that it really throws you into this, this um, you know, you look, you, this a need to, you know, learn time management learn to and of course this is all taught but you know you're you're really having to 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 be an effective time manager you're having to learn to manage your systems and follow those systems and you know that's one one of the biggest lessons i think i've taken out of that program and carried throughout my career is just you know managing systems and using those systems to better manage your business and i've you know again i got great foundation for that 
with student works because you, there are so many moving parts that you to, uh, uh, you know, keep those pa- those plates spinning, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then that, you know, the multitasking, just the ability to, you know, be on top of it, work hard and multitask, stay on top of, you know, being an effective time manager. Yeah, those those are every one of those things I just totally see and just how how valuable it is. Um, at such a young age, right? And 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 again, you you obviously spent you know five really you know you know great years. And and one thing to note is, like you said, it's like you you were you were strong, but not overwhelmingly, right? And you just got better and better and better. And a lot of times, people don't really see that in their lives. But hey, who we are today is not who we become, right? And 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 I I know the same thing. You know who I was in my first year as an operator and, and, you know, again, who I, who I developed into just, you know, just massive, massive changes and growth. And, and so having, having the pers- persistence and the perseverance and, and, and uh, to just keep coming back um, and learning more and learning more and learning more is another thing that, that a lot of our really, really outstanding alumni have in common, you know, and it's a great thing for our, for our young leaders to know. Um, but I know eventually you moved on with disappointment, but, but totally it's like part of the process, you know, what, you know, is, is our great people move on. And I know you moved on with, with another, uh, one of our, our amazing, uh, uh, you know, past alumni, Richard Carroll, and you went and you founded this, a really amazing business and you'll need to describe it because it kind of really doesn't really exist right now. It was kind of this you know, sweet spot. So, so please describe what that was and what happened. Yeah, for sure. So basically, um, yeah, so, so Rich Carroll and I, we, we uh, again, one of those uh, amazing relationships that was founded in, in my time at StudentWorks and um, became a, a very good friend. We um, together uh, started a, it was a, initially a, a day trading firm. So at the time, um, day trading was not legal in Canada. Uh, previously, so day trading was really booming in the U.S., and then um, they uh, the, this one company, Swift Trade Securities, basically, you know, spent you know all of the efforts to basically legalize day trading in Canada. So this was the only firm that was doing this. We essentially bought the license rights to um, to start this day trading firm in London, Ontario, and and what that involved was, you know, first of all, myself going back to school becoming uh you know a licensed broker and branch manager so having having to uh go back to school again to do that right and uh and then um initially the model was to we would um have basically more sales and marketing focus initially so that we would run conferences seminars in in on creating strategies and then basically we would recruit these full-time people to come in and uh, open a trading account. They would use our facilities. So we had the only direct access trading platform in the country. And if you were in London and you wanted access to the market, there was literally no other option at the time other than to come to our facility. So they would use their own capital and our uh, revenue was earned through generating uh, commissions on those trades at the time. My role in the company was I did more of the training, another skill set that I picked up at uh, StudentWorks, um, presenting training. And then right. um, my partner was focused more on doing the, the we call them the demos, but you know would, would do sort of the presentations as people came in. And together, we would run these seminars. So we'd do a lot of uh, marketing and advertising. Uh, right. Again, more skill sets that we picked up in the program. And we would, um, you know, that that was how we attracted large groups, and then essentially sell them our the program. And of course, we charge for training as well. And so, so that we ran that that business for a couple of years, and it actually tr- ended up transitioning into um, uh, a proprietary trading model. So what happened was it uh, trading the model of of being a full time trader was um, getting a little bit more competitive. So we found that. We would switch to a new model where we would essentially hire staff to trade our capital and we could set all the parameters of risk control. And so now we shifted from this sales and marketing business into more of a recruiting company. Right. And and so this was now, you know, such a win for us because our skill set in recruiting um, 
was really uh, put put to the uh, put to the challenge, and we were recruiting out of the Ivy Business School in Western. Um, and we brought in, you know, we that was really for us where the growth really started to happen. We um, ended up, we were so successful within the organization that we actually created our own internal franchise system where other licensees across Canada were would then uh, essentially sign on to our program so that we could teach them those skill sets, how to manage, how to recruit, um, taught them our systems. And uh, and again, that we that was really where we started to blow up, and we ended up with six offices in Canada, one in South America. Uh, at our peak, we had about uh, there were about 225 employees in the network, and uh, yeah, and then and like I said, that was you know the, the skill sets were so fresh still from from uh, Student Works, and and it wasn't something where we would sort of reflect on oh yeah there were some impact from Stuart. I mean, literally, Rich and I would say, yeah, this is, these are those skills that we were good at. This is what we learned in that program. And that's been the result of our success. Yeah, no, and it was, it was interesting as well. Like Swift Trade uh, uh, became one of the fastest growing companies in, in, in Canada. Um, and yes. in many ways, obviously, you know, not just yours, but a huge part of that was because of the success you guys had as the elite network amongst their network uh, in, in. That's right. Um, and it's and, it, and it's funny. I always love to see the, the now they call it the the, the growth five hundred. I always love to see the growth five hundred every year because I I highlight all sorts of our alumni who are part of these businesses. You know, sometimes founding and running, but sometimes oh, so and so is running business development there. So and so is running sales, right? You know, and and uh, you know, so and, and so so you know, one one lesson is is not everything keeps going. So, so, you know, for our young leaders, you know, so, so what, what happened, what, what's, what, what changed in the marketplace to, to not let that business keep operating? Well, it's funny, you know, it, it was both, um, you know, that was one of the, a challenge we came across, but it also in some ways was a big win for us because we, we really saw my, Rich and I, we saw the writing on the wall. We saw that the business was becoming very saturated. So uh, we used to go to conferences and every conference I would argue with you know or with ownership and say hey guys we if we continue to uh continue to expand and they started adding more and more locations as if we continue saying we're going to start to erode ourselves um and you know they, i was always challenged on that point it turned out to come to fruition exactly as i had sort of envisioned where right. we brought in too many people and we actually were just the, the the revenue dollars for the company weren't really increasing. We just started sharing it amongst a much larger pool. So that was, you know, so I when we saw that coming, um, we actually decided to sell the business. So people were saying, "You're crazy! What are you guys doing? You're going to sell this is such a great business." But again, we just we kind of saw the writing on the wall. So we did. Um, we ended up uh, we did sell the business, and really shortly after that, it it just start more or less ceased to exist so it just got you know wow. there, there are some tertiary businesses around you know here and there but the, really the business as it was just eventually you know within 12 months of us exiting the business it really started to uh, to implode wow so it's so, yeah. so again for our young leaders you know we've got to not just be really good at executing our business we also have to be looking at what's happening in the marketplace and and yeah. you know it's it's just looking, well, this just doesn't make sense that it's going to keep growing. You know, like it doesn't make sense. And and so sometimes just, again, it's you, just your gut feel. Well, if we keep putting more and more people into a, into a marketplace, won't eventually reach a top, you know? And and and, and so isn't that, isn't that fascinating, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so and then what, what, did you, what did you do next? So actually, um, so we left the business and, um, you know, basically started, you know, Feeling out new opportunities, Rich and I together were still very much in that entrepreneurial mindset. Um, you know, at the time, neither of us even contemplated doing anything other than, you know, launching something else. So right. uh, we reached out to um, our our number one uh, <laughs> number one contact and and mentor, Chris Thompson. Right, hey Chris, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and said, look, we're we're looking for opportunities. Uh, I mean, it must have been you know within a week that. Um, 
that Chris introduced us to uh, some people in his network. They had a, an energy company uh, doing more energy wholesale, and they were looking to get into the more energy retail. So, so they would simply wholesale to other um, energy retailers, if you will. Right. And they wanted to, to get into the retail business themselves. So it was it was really residential and small commercial. Um, and with our background with sales, marketing, recruiting, you know, it just it was a great fit for both sides. They had the background in energy. So we ended up partnering up, formed a new venture, um, uh, Energy One Canada, and you know, we went to work and we built this business from from scratch. You know, started building the systems, um, started aggressively recruiting, and I mean that business really was it was sales, marketing, recruiting operation. All of those core skill sets that, you know, I mentioned earlier on that those things that I learned from that, from the program, from student works. And, you know, there was a lot of competition in that space. Yes. And yet we just, you know, it, it was all through our, through our, through networking and recruiting that we were able to bring on, surround ourselves with some really good people, some industry veterans, um, and business took off. So within, uh, Within less than two years, actually, we had over ten thousand customers, and uh, and ended up actually getting uh, bought out by. Um, by it, it was Direct Energy who ultimately ended up buying out uh, our company. In uh, after two years of running the business, great company to buy you. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that was a big win for us. I mean, that yeah. was. That was Maybe the most lucrative, you know, two years of my career. Just, yeah. just you boil it down. It was very lucrative two years, for sure. So, for our young leaders, when you get bought by smaller people, typically the amount of money you get is smaller than when you get bought by big people, <laughs> big company, big company. So, Marcus has never right. told me how much he made on that deal. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I know we're great friends, and uh, so yeah. It, Helped out a whole lot, entered a whole lot of my operators, and I, I know, uh, I know you know what goes around comes around in this world. So yeah, so it's yeah, that's right. But and it's really funny because when you talk about that, it was um, oh gosh, all of a sudden his name um, Ron Stitt, His his uh, it was like he we were talking. He goes, I know you've got great people. Who do you know? And then you guys called like it was it was just like karma. And I you know and and we're looking for something that's next, Chris. And it was like, well, gee, I just talked to Ron and he, he's, he's got this opportunity and, and, and isn't that fantastic. So, and again, yeah. it speaks to, again, the network. It's be, I was speaking to someone just recently who was, you know, just decided, Hey, they wanted to leave their opportunity. Their latest opportunity was, was doing, it. I go, well, you know, so what have you done so far? Well, not so much. Fortunately, she has a bunch of money and she hasn't, you know, she's not too worried, but, but I go, well, the most important thing to do is go talk to people. Not get online, yeah. go talk to people, especially because she's the top performer yeah. and top performers are always, people are always interested in that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, 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 um, so, and, and again, I, I know our young leaders find this type of stuff really fascinating about, you know, hey, you know, like so often, you know, what's going to happen in life? What's, what's, what's coming forward for right. you? You don't know. And so, so, right. so what, you know, and obviously you made the decision to sell great decision, walking away with some money, but what, what was next then? What did you decide to do? So, yeah, that, it was, it, that was kind of a, a, an interesting, it was a fun time. We, I, I actually continued uh, the partnership with, with Rich Carroll. We um, actually did some, uh, some real estate development. So, yeah. you know, we, we had some, some capital and, and, uh, you know, really enjoyed that uh, that time. It was it was uh, sort of a, a brief period of of you know more sort of investment focused at that point. Um, right. And then and then once we were you know so so it was pretty engaged for for about a year and a half doing some renovations on apartment units. We had some apartment buildings in St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, and and then once the dust kind of settled there and we were invested, there was now it felt like it was time for something the next chapter, um, and so. We actually, at that point, I personally decided that, well, I've never been in the corporate world. Right. And I have no idea how marketable my skill sets are. I mean, it's just, and it felt like that would be really interesting to, you know, 
it, it just felt like I wanted to try that 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 area, if you will. And so um, I, I put together a resume, which the first time in my <laughs> my career, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like 35 years old. I'd never done a resume and put that right. together. Uh, met with some, some recruiters, and I was really impressed at you know how quickly people were interested in my background. Um, you know, very good income positions, right? And so I ended up. I really connected with um, somebody who owned a publishing company. I had no background whatsoever. Couldn't tell you the first thing about publishing, but right. again, it's all those transferable skill sets. This was at the end of the day, it was a sales and marketing position. Um, leading a big team. So it was a publishing company. They were international and their North American operation was really struggling. It was their by far bottom performing operation. And they were in, you know, in Europe, in Africa, Australia, Middle East. And so I took on a role as executive vice president. And uh, my job was to try to fix that uh, fledging North America uh, uh, operation, right? And so I went back to work with all those skill sets. I mean, I remember the first thing I did was I I sat down in the boardroom and you know talked about my core values, which right. these people were just like they were stunned, like what are we doing here? <laughs> Aren't we going to talk about making more phone calls? Right. You no, know, it was it was focused on these are my core values. These are you know if you want to work here, these are the the you know the attributes you have to have. And so we. What ended up happening over a period of about six to eight months, I I actually ended up replacing everyone but one person. That one person, by the way, he works for me today. He's my chief awesome. growth officer <laughs> in my in my company. Um, everyone else was replaced, and within six to eight months, we were the highest grossing, most profitable division in that company. Wow! Um, I could pretty much write my ticket in that in that operation, and and it, again, it was all of those same skill sets. I mean, it didn't matter that it was publishing. It was creating systems that worked. It was managing people, motivating people, doing lots of sales and marketing. Those, those simple, and, and you know, the, those multitasking skills and, and uh, it was all, the, again, it was all of those core skill sets that I had learned at Student Wars Painting that I just continued to develop throughout my career. And that was the reason for the success. Um, I ultimately did end up, um, I ended up leaving the company. There was, um, the, the challenge I had was there was only so much autonomy I had as the vice president or the owner of the company. He had his way of sort of seeing things. I had my way, his way involved, I'd say a l- little bit less integrity than I was personally comfortable with. So I know that sounds cliche, but it's a fact. I ended up uh, leaving for another opportunity that was introduced to me by Chris Thompson. Surprise. <laughs> and <laughs> before we jump to that, one of the things I sure. wanted to highlight for our young leaders listening is number one, Marcus's role in this organization was executive VP. So a lot of times people don't understand, but so often when people are executive VP, vice president, you know, business development, business director, all these roles really are driving sales, driving growth. How do we do that? By bringing on amazing people, by recruiting amazing people, by by creating a strong foundation of people aligned with value. So so it does. And, and also the other thing I wanted to point out is, you know, how did Marcus build a team? By getting people of similar values or or it, people to have similar values. And, and, and I'm sure a bunch of those values were, were, were things that, that he aligned with me. And why do I know that? Because we get along so well and because we see the world so similarly. And so, so then he attracted those people into his business. And then when you're working with someone and you are not aligned on values, it makes sense that you would want to leave. And it doesn't say anything badly about somebody. It just says we weren't aligned. And and that's okay. And it's not making someone wrong or that they're bad. It's just we weren't really aligned. And so then the best thing that people do um, is is they move on and they find another opportunity. And that was really great because um, again, it was a similar thing. I was able to uh, to sort of connect uh, uh, Marcus to actually one of our one of our well, a lot of people might think are our competitors, but but uh, you worked with sort of pro painters. And what was what was that right. experience like? <laughs> Um, 
You know, it was actually a, a, a really, really good couple of years. Um, it was a great role. It was a single contributor uh, role, actually. And, you know, I uh, it was just a, a bit of a, a, a focused uh, shift. And you know, I, I do love selling. It's definitely one of my biggest passions is to sell and in relationships and dealing with people. And so it was a really, um, it was a really uh, interesting sale where you're, you know, it was, it was essentially selling uh, franchises, but it was in that space that I was so familiar with. It was selling painting franchises. I mean, it was, again, it was a great fit. Um, I, I loved, I got to meet amazing people. Um, they actually transferred me down to the U.S., which was something that I had always wanted to do. So they helped me to realize that dream of coming down to the U.S. And I made some great connections and friends there that I'm still very close with today. Um, they were very, very sorry to see me go. I was the, um, I was essentially the top, uh, I was what's called the top native recruiter in the company, which means I was the generating mm-hmm. the, I had the, the, the most recruits come through that were sourced through my own channels, um, which is something that they had tried to do year after year and they were not able to break into that, uh, that sort of uh, program. And so through sales, marketing, uh, work ethic, because they involved a lot, some heavy lifting, um, and, and those deals paid much higher commission and were much more profitable for the company. So I was actually financially doing better than uh, there was one other person who was recruiting more people, but his recruits were coming into a source where they pay out insanely high commission. So without getting too technical, but, uh, but it, was a, it was a fantastic experience. Um, they would have loved to have seen me, you know, go the long course and stay with the company. Eventually, you know, promote to VP partner, all those other things. But um, I had other plans. I just could not shake my my entrepreneurial side. Hey, leaders! I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95 percent of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold Student Works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. I want to, again, just kind of touch base for our young leaders to sort of see. So number one, um, that connection came from the CEO of Soda Pro Painters. So you might think, well, why would Chris have a relationship with the CEO of Soda Pro Painters? Should they be enemies? <laughs> no, you want to make people you're competing yeah. with your friends. So Paul Heyman no longer uh, is there. Um, he's done very well and he's doing other things. But but no, you want you want your 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 competitors to be your friends. You want to be participating in a in a in a strong way. That organization are ethical, very smart people. Have developed a, an amazing organization over years and years. That painting company is the largest yeah. painting company in the world. They do hundreds of millions. I'm not exactly sure, but I but I know their goal was a billion. I, I, I just shy of a billion dollars. Just shy of a billion dollars in painting. Now that's they they're worldwide. They're you know, enormous in the United States, not quite as big in Canada, and still quite large in Canada. So, so for our, for our, uh, you know, student works operators, you know, you may see them as competitors, and but for me, I see them as a great competitor because they charge a bunch. Yeah. They're not afraid to, to to charge for good value for consumers, and that's what that's what's always great. They charge, you know, so they're not like a bucket and pail people who charge little, and. And so that's one thing I wanted to share. And, 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 and so again, it's, it's like, um, that's something as well that you see is, is that over the, the, the distance of your career, you have a reputation that builds with you. 
And so Marcus's reputation kept building. And again, he obviously had an opportunity there to do incredibly well and instead went and is, is, is launched the business that he's doing right now, uh, which is Business View Publishing. So, so you went back to that sort of publishing opportunity. So tell us about that, how that decision, um, decision came about, et cetera, Marcus. Yeah, it was, um, man, I mean, it, you know, just being down in, in the U.S. And, and having really gotten settled in here, it just felt like, you know, I, I couldn't help but feel that, you know, it, it's, I'm just, I'm a very entrepreneurial person. It was, I had now been roughly, you know, maybe four years working in more of a corporate type setting. And, you know, I just, and it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I just really... You know, my aspirations are, I want to build, I want to build something. I want to create something. It's what I've done. It's what I've enjoyed. Um, and so I basically uh, decided to launch uh, my publishing company. My non-compete had expired with the publishing company I'd worked okay. for before. And that was a big factor. Um, I wouldn't have done that without that being the case. And uh, yeah, so so basically just... Um, invested, put some capital set up, invested and launched the company. Um, I knew the business so well and, you know, had a very, very quick turnaround to profitability. Um, and then, so this was now going back, we're, we're roughly in our ninth year. And so from launching that company and, and again, using all of the skill sets and I should back up even and say, most people, I know, I talk to people all the time who say, yeah, I want to start my own business. People talk to me all the time. People I, I, my, in my network, friends, and they say, I want to start my own business. But most of those people just, they don't know how to execute. They don't know how to go from, I want to start a business, even those that have a really good plan to actually doing it. And to me, that's one of the intangibles that I think that I, I got from StudentWorks is that you, it takes away that little fear piece that says that stops that execution that just makes you go and do it and you got to execute and it teaches you 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 learn how to execute because you have to you got to you just can't you know failure is not an option you have to make it happen and so i pot committed and pot committed means i didn't do this on the side you know a lot of people well i want to start my business on the side and yeah well that's like that's like a hobby when you do it part-time and hobbies cost money they don't make money um, right. So to yeah. me, it was about pot committing to this, you know, giving appropriate notice to a great organization. Who, by the way, we're I'm good friends with the person that I was my my person that I reported for. We hang out all the time, and awesome. yeah. And so we, uh, I started the business, and you know, went out, rented some space, started recruiting, launched, and our. So I started in June by I put out. My first uh, net profitable month was launched in June. The first net profitable month was in November. And then from that point forward, we really started to grow. And every year since launch, we've had an increase in revenue. We have not had one year where we did not have growth. Um, and then the last three years, we've had tremendous growth. So we've essentially doubled revenue over the last, uh, the last three years. Last year we had a banner year, and you know, thinking, yeah, you know, this is going to be tough to, it's going to be tough to have another year like that, and and you know, we're already uh, about ten percent ahead of pace from last year, and and this again, it's all those skill sets: it's sales, marketing, recruiting, operations, building those those systems, and and putting those systems into action, and then you know, one thing I maybe haven't mentioned. But surrounding myself with really good people because you can't do it all yourself. Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, I've just, you know, I, I work the, uh, there's two people that I hired in that publishing company um, that work for me today, actually. So, you know, it, it, and maintaining those relationships and keeping those connections, yeah. never burning bridges. Um, and, and uh, yeah, you know, I think that, Having a, just built a tremendous team here, um, we have very very low turnover, um, and which is you know can be rare in a sales organization. And uh, um, yeah, that's uh, you know people ask me, go ahead. Yeah. 
And just to just to share as well, um, a couple of things that I that I that I wanted to point out. Number one, many times when you're really good at organizations and you're you're being taught specific things, you're gonna have to sign a non-compete. Respect that non-compete, because otherwise you're gonna get sued, you know, um, and, and it's unethical, you know. So so it's like Marcus knew the deal, it was a one-year non-compete, went in. You know, and again, I, I'm sure your plan wasn't to go in and learn the business and leave. Right. Your plan was to uh, thought it would work, and wow, I, I can make it work. And then all of a sudden, wow, it's not working. Right. And so you left. Um, you know, and and then you know, I, I you know, when you run a business, you just understand how you so rely on other people. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, you know, Marcus has some really amazing specific skills. Um, they're a lot similar to the really amazing similar skills that I have. And we need people who have other skills so that we can focus on the things that we do best. Yeah. And that's what a great organization is, is someone can handle this, someone can handle that, someone's responsible for this. And so when you really understand how valuable people are to you, then people get that you get that. And then they say, oh, well, I want to stay here. Yeah. I, I'm well rewarded. I'm admired. I'm appreciated. Um, you know, I see I see uh, uh, Marcus's Facebook sites and, and different things where he posts uh, celebratory, uh, you know, dinners and, and things like that with his team, and 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 you just you know you, you see just how 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 again there's a culture there, there's a really great feeling there. And Marcus is actually business based down in Fort Myers in Florida, and it's an area where it's very difficult to get people. The recruiting market is very, very challenging. Yeah. And so one of the real keys is to be able to hold on to your people and you've been able to do that. Yeah, and if you don't mind me adding on to that as well, the sure the, you know, the the once we you know the business kind of hit critical mass, the, the focus really did start to become retention because turnover can be expensive. And so it was really I was it was this direct thought of my time at Student Works, the most fun I had in my career, hands down, just just hands down fun, was working with Student Works. I mean, it was just the best. Those were the best years of, the, of my life. They were amazing time, and so I, I literally think of some of those tangible things that we did at Student Works, and I've tried to put as much of that into my business as possible. And and so to give you some very specific examples, are the we do an annual conference. Every year, right? And so that annual conference and awards that I literally have taken back to the conference and awards we used to do at Student Works. I mean, it's, it's a direct link to that. You know, it's it's right. And it's thinking about those things. It's taking the team out for going out for drinks. It's taking them to Las Vegas on a trip. It's rewarding them and creating yeah. all these incentives. Where it's literally thinking back on my time there and how much fun I had and how can I recreate that environment for my team. And so, you know, that is yes. something I, I just wanted to share how important that side of it is. That's maybe the less tangible, but I've really tried to yeah. put into my business and it's worked because I've, like I said, I've got a yeah. team that wants to stick around. Yeah. And, and see that the other great thing about this, um, and a lot of times people really don't see it, but guess what? It makes Marcus's job as the president of Business View Publishing amazing. Because he has an environment that is fun. He has an environment that he really cares for his people. I'm sure they really care for him. They really like him. They're really appreciative of him because they get paid well and compensated and appreciated and trained and, 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 and mentored and guided and, and uh, they share their lives together. So Marcus wins, not just, not just financially. Right. You know, like whatever. Like, you know, uh, yeah, I, th- I hope people get an idea Marcus has done well. And has some money, so, so you know, it's 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 about Marcus's life works because his, his you know just where he spends most of his time is a happy place, right? And so one of the things leaders when they're creating their businesses or going into businesses and taking senior roles, it's like when I'm doing all these, we're running all these events, and we're we're you know giving back for people, we're learning from each other. It's that my my Actual life gets better. You know, my experience of my life is better. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so, so awesome. Just, you know, so, so I know we've been talking about, about good thing and good thing and good thing. And I know that's not <laughs> actually how it's all gone down. For me. <laughs> Cause, cause, um, so, you know, 
what do you what do you think you know you know maybe you can tell some of the young leaders just about biggest failures or mistakes and you know what you learn from those oh for sure you know it's funny i i i rarely i mean there's no question it's steady straight up arrow there's i've had setbacks in my career um I'll tell you one of the probably one of the biggest lessons, and and I, I have to say that I, you know, I'm I'm a happy person. Even when times are bad, I'm still a happy person. Um, yeah. You know, but you get yeah. stressed out, but yeah. but I'm still generally yeah. a happy person. Yeah. But um, what I can say, so I I very rarely do the you know the ref, the, the regret and oh boy, I wish this had turned out different or that had turned out different. I I just try to focus on moving forward, but you know. Tangible lessons, you know, because I have had, um, you know, one of the things I'd say was trying to diversify um, as, you know, I mentioned earlier, doing things kind of part time and as a hobby. And so I think one of an area where I had have had multiple setbacks throughout my career was attempting to diversify into some other venture, which with a big investment, but not really um, putting the necessary resources or time into it, that thinking it would just sort of happen part time. Um, and so that's why I, I, you know, mentioned earlier that, you know, the, yeah. when you do things part time, it's, you know, be prepared that that's a good chance that's not going to work out for you. So that was probably a lesson that if I'm going to do something, I really need to bring in the right people to help. Um, if I can't even mention that right now I'm looking to expand and the first person I talked to was Chris about, you know, his network and I've already had yeah. some great conversations, but so, so there was that, um, I've definitely become a very litigious person, uh, early on in my career. I was the exact opposite of that. You could have scrawled right. down a contract on a cocktail napkin and a handshake and I'd be good with that. Um, and there were situations where, I got burned as a result of that. And so, yeah. So, you know, today I've definitely um, have become certainly a a more, more litigious. I make sure that, um, you know, I have, you know, very careful, uh, make sure that I'm protected, so to speak. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think less specifically, I, you know, one of the things that I feel like I didn't manage well when I was a younger uh, earlier in my career was finances and oh, yeah. um i was way too loose with money i spent more money than i should i was careless with money and you know that's you know if i had a regret that would be a regret where i wish i had been more careful about you know other investments and it was maybe you know six seven years ago that i have become you know absolutely you know just say if i can say religious about my finances so right. um and and i think that's you know and and really in running the business too you know anyone that takes on that student works business it's a great idea to be you know to just be watch those finances i know it's talked about but i'm kind of uh, going off on a tangent here but uh so yeah you know the every failure if you will that i've had throughout my career i've definitely taken something away from it and as long as the next time around you just make sure that you know you don't make those same mistakes then you know again sounds cliche but it absolutely is a positive experience because it is going to help you yeah and at the end of the day you'll get to where you want to go and those those losses you had are a very big part of you know where you end up yeah and in my case that's absolutely true yeah no and 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 it's there's no question that i had similar uh, similar errors you know getting too spread out Doing, running side businesses that all lost me money, lots and lots and lots right. of money, <laughs> so much, so much pain, and so it's made me smarter. And 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 now I don't do that anymore. And uh, um, right, so um, even though it excites me, and and so a lot of times as well, the things that excite us, because that's part of what it what it is. It's like wow, it'd be great to have this and that and then this, and you know. But the reality is, is that usually that doesn't work. You know, usually it doesn't. Now, some people can make it work, and I know there's people that make it work, but overwhelmingly, most of the people I know really are very successful run one business that's really powerful um, and focus on that. And we have some yeah. and bring them to the podcast, some amazing, 
we call them portfolio entrepreneurs who actually can right. run multiple businesses. And a lot of times there's, there's a, you know, it doesn't always work that well, but, but again, it's, it's, it's a unique capability to be able to do that. Um, yeah, for sure. um, and, and, and sometimes it just looks good from the outside and it's actually not what's happening too. You know, <laughs> you know right. hey, I got all these businesses. Oh, isn't that cool? Now, Hey, which one's really making you the money? Which one's really, <laughs> and maybe they got someone's right. money. It doesn't matter too. So, but, but yeah. you know, that's, that's, uh, that's something to think about. So, um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so it's in, and, and I love just as well, just like, Hey, I learned from it. And now I'm doing it differently. That's the that's the best way of, of any successful person really going through their lives. You're going to bump right. into, and you know you just got to learn and move on. So, um, so what about um, key habits? What 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 key habits would would someone want to steal from you? Well, you know, I think that when I think about that, I I, I always I know. Very like I can say with absolute confidence that I'm the hardest worker. Right. <laughs> um, in my at the end of the day, I'm the hardest worker. I always lead, I do my best to lead by example. I really believe that, in my opinion, is one of the most important things. I think it's why I've been successful. At what I've done here is just, um, you know, I. I Put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, you know, do what I say, not as I do. It really is do as I do. And, you know, it, it's, I can confidently say, hey, look, if you can just, if you just match what I'm doing, you're going to be successful here. Um, right. It, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, there, there is that, the, you know, the myth, I think, that entrepreneurs, that's the myth, I guess, that entrepreneurs, you know, don't work hard. Um, I think the difference is, and I do work hard, but yeah. I love it. I think that's the difference. So, you know, I, I'm just, I go, go, go. Part of it is I would, if I wasn't, you know, working hard all the time, I'd probably be bored. Um, yeah. I don't have to be working. So I could literally, if I wanted to, I could, you know, take the next six months off. I've got a great team in place. I don't have to yeah. be here, but yeah. I love being here and I want to be here. Um, I'm not per se passionate about publishing, quite frankly. Um, I don't, the widget doesn't matter for me. I just love, I love sales and marketing. I love managing people. And so I think because, because I love what I'm doing and I think you got to love it to be successful. You got to love it. And, but you don't have to love everything about it. You just have to, find those things that do get you happy and make you want to get up in the morning and make you want to go into the office and really focus on those things. And, uh, and if you can do that and you could be, you know, a positive, happy person and then couple that with, with that work ethic, you know, I really do believe that for me, those are the habits that have made me successful. I don't consider myself a genius. Um, <laughs> trust me, I'm not, I'm just, right. You know, I'm someone who is able to put a plan together and then just get off my ass and and make that plan happen and then fix the mistakes as I go. And a lot of it is, you know, fixing those mistakes as I go, adapting and and making those adjustments. And a lot of the businesses that you've been in are are pretty simple businesses. Like, you know, once you get to the root, it's like, oh, there's this this technology or the system or this program we're running. And then it's about getting a bunch of great people. Let's go do this. Let's, let's, you know, yeah. let's go create some value for customers and, and customers going to be happy because we're going to, we're, we're providing this great solution for them or, or, you right. know, right. You know, and, and, and so we're providing a value and uh, you know, our, 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 our staff's getting a value and I'm getting a value. And, and, and you know, like, I think initially, I think, uh, you know, for our young leaders, it's like, well, hold on. I just, I want to, I want to get paid. I want to make some money. I'm coming to school with debt or, or whatever it is. And, you know, what do, what, what do I do? And we get it. And that makes sense. And then as we go along, it's more and more, what do I love? What am I going to enjoy? And so that the difference between work and play is not a lot, right? Like, yeah. you know, do similar yeah. things. I talk to people, at, you know, when I'm off, I, I, I engage people. You know, and and have good conversations with them. That's what I do in my role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, definitely. Um, 
So, so when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Marcus? Oh, um, when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I think, I mean, first of all, I think at the core, there has to be that, that drive. One of our core values is drive. And, and you've got to be driven to success at all times, not just when it suits us best, but you know, it's, it's when you least feel like, it. yeah, that's to me, it's that it's the person that comes in, you know, and if, you know, the person that comes in on a, on a Monday morning, not feeling particularly great. And that person that makes themselves do not just what needs to be done, but, but the next thing as well. And, and to me, I feel like that sort of at your core, I think the leaders of tomorrow, they have that in them somewhere. Um, so it's, you know, it is, a, it's a, it's motivation, it's drive, because at the end of the day, the leaders of tomorrow are going to, they're going to be successful in some area that they do. And that, that is, I think, at its core, the most important a direct element to success is to have that motivation. All of and that to me is going to drive all of those other things. Now, that if you're super motivated but you lack integrity, or you're super motivated, um, you know. But I, I don't know. That's maybe the integrity is probably the best connection. But if if so, you're there's going to be other obstacles that if you don't have their going to get in the way, or maybe you're super motivated, but you don't actually get out and do the work, um, then, then you're going to be, you're not going, that's going to be a big hurdle to your success. So the leader of tomorrow is someone who's got the motivation, but also I think has a lot of the, you know, just that positivity that, you know, that integrity and all those other things that are going to relate to success. But I think it can be any personality type. It can be, there's no, I don't think there's any one fit of this is the person that's the, the the next leader i actually contrary to a lot of common belief i don't i personally don't believe leaders are necessarily born i think people can become leaders i've known people that are not the loudest person in the room the biggest personality but can be exceptional outstanding uh leaders and so because they have something else that's kind of you know pushing them to that next that next plateau. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I think that's, I think that's really, really uh, awesome. Um, you know, it, what, you know, it's interesting and I can, I, I just so get how we're so aligned. Um, you know, one of our core values is work hard, um, uh, work hard, play hard, have fun. And so, so, so to me, again, awesome. you've got to work hard. Um, and then while we're working hard, we can have a lot of fun. You know, we can just, we can just, you know, and, and, and just, that's just such a key piece of, 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 again, you know, the leaders in our program, the really successful people I've met outside, uh, you know, uh, you know, in entrepreneurial organizations and community, et cetera, community leaders that I know. But like you said, I think there's, there is a, there is a, um, a common misunderstanding that, that, you know, leaders don't work hard, that, oh yeah, they just have people do their work and they just, you know, you know, you know, I'm sitting on a boat and, you know, and again, Hey, maybe you have a boat, you're down in Florida. Maybe you sit on it sometimes, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of hard work to pay for the boat. There's a lot of hard work that, that just goes into being a leader. So, uh, you know, really appreciate those, uh, those sentiments, uh, to share today. So, um, so, so Marcus, I, I really appreciate, um, your time that you spent with us. Uh, you know, thanks so much. Um, and, uh, I know we'll stay connected. There's another alumni from our program. I'm going to send you, you just, you reminded me. So, so, uh, another, another alumni who's, who's, uh, you know, potentially someone that you can look at for your expansion to Australia. So, uh, nice. so yeah, so, uh, so, con con uh, c congratulations for all your success. And again, we'll, we will talk soon. Thanks for having me, Chris. And it's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for your time. See you. Bye. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario 
Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.